settle down class. Thank you. Have a seat. I am Professor Davis, and this is ECU. Today is presentation day for Black History Month. Let's do roll call. Mr. Nosho. Mr. Nosho. Excuse me. Huh? Mr. Nosho. Oh. Yes, oh. thank you. Remove oh. your headphones. Oh, okay, yeah. Thank you. My bad, Miss Red. My bad, my bad. You know, you know how I get my music. Cybershots? Present. Check. Cybershots. I wish I had a check in a present. Can you have a seat? Oh. Thank you. I'm here. Deval D.I.? Yeah, him is. What you talking about? Turn off your phone, please. Oh, my phone. My phone. Look, what I'm doing is very pertinent right Turn now. Turn off no, your phone, please. I'm just playing Miss Teacher Lady. I'll put my phone away. Thank you. KMC? KMC's in the building. Live and direct, in full effect. KMC's here. Great. Guru? Guru? Miss Guru. I'm here, Guru Warrior. Pay attention, please. Please stop talking. Sorry for interrupting the class, Can teacher. Stop talking. I'll sit down now. Thank you. Miss Yovid. Miss Panama, here, here I am. I am already ready. Miss Gloria. Yes, Professor Sable, I'm here. I'm here over here. Yes, I'm here. Perfect. Welcome, kings and queens. Let's begin presentations. Who ooh, is first? Ooh, teacher, teacher. Ooh. Okay, ooh, okay. Please, I see you, Miss Guru. It's me, the Guru. Please Jumping pick up and me, down. Pick me, pick me. I know you're excited. You can go first. Hello. I am the Guru Warrior, and this is my Black History legacy. My father was a teacher, a very good teacher. He taught young African-American gifted and talented students. His main goal and the thing that he pounded into my head constantly was the black national anthem, lift every voice and sing. He also used to hang up our flag, the black flag, which had black, red, and green on it. There was also a song about that too, black, red, and green. It's beautiful. And then, came Stevie Wonder's song, Black Man, which taught me a whole bunch of things about the first man to, the first black man to die on the front lines of the Civil War, you know, things like that. And so, you know, most of my black history moments are with my father as we fed the homeless um, with the Black Panther Party. We had a lot of meetings and gatherings trying to get uh, Tupac Shakur's mother out of jail because she was jailed for all the wrong reasons, walking while black, basically. Another thing that really helped me out a lot was the fact that I started to get into poetry. This was when I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, I went to an all-black school for like a year and they took us to a poetry festival with all black people. I got to meet Amiri Baraka and Sonia Sanchez. In fact, after the show, both of them came up to me as they recognized me 
And I said, how do you know me? And they said, we know your father. We've been to your house. You were very young at the time. And now Sonia Sanchez, I was like, oh my God, Sonia Sanchez was at my house and I didn't even know it. I had spent years before meeting her, learning her poems and reading them. She's fantastic. She really captured her and Amiri really captured the black experience because being a light-skinned woman i was always told that i was not black enough and being mixed i was told i was not white enough i was not black enough however now it doesn't matter because i know who i am i am black and i am proud i am a jamaican and trinidadian black woman and i'm proud to be i used to ask my mother what can i be when i grow up she said, what do you mean, what can you be? You can be anything. And then she looked down and she said, but I don't think you'll ever be able to be president. I said, why? She said, because America is not ready for a black president. And wouldn't you know it, in the year 2000, my mother passed away. And eight years later, we voted our first black president ever. That was when I finally felt like I could do anything. You know, my parents were sprayed with fire hoses because they wanted black people to have the right to vote. And now, today, if I ask a black person, did you vote today? And they say, no, my vote don't count. Yes. It does. It's just that there is this little voice that has been placed inside of our heads that tells us that there is this person called the man. And that the man guy is trying to tell us that our vote does not count. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it does count. My parents didn't get sprayed with fire hoses for you to sit on your ass and not vote. So in 2020, when it comes time to vote for president, I want you to get up off your ass and vote. I'm your girl, the guru warrior. I'm sorry, teacher. I forgot. Peace. Way to go, Guru. Up next, we have Yovidi. My presentation on my Black experience is going to be related with Rod Carew. Rod Carew is a well-known retired baseball player from Panama of Panamanian descent. And... The reason that I relate to him is, first of all, um, especially as a black Panamanian, he broke a lot of barriers and images, not taking away the credit of other pioneers in our country, but there is an affiliation when you are from a West Indian black descent that slightly, yes, there was not slavery per se in Panama, but there was 
segregation and discrimination and classism and everything else that comes with that. And colorism, of course. And he broke them all. He broke diversity. His family immigrated to the United States. And um, and not only that, I end up also learning that he became Jewish in one of his marriages. And obviously, imagine, that's quite an adversity there of overcoming a religion. But that's how he raised all three of his daughters under the Jewish tradition. And, um, and that's why he, you know, decided to acquired and definitely he seems that his life was also obviously um you know he got a lot of death threats and for marrying his wife that was Jewish and raising his children under that and today he's a hall of famer and he's recognized with the merits that he deserved and the records that he had. To this point, the reason also that is really important to note is that there's a stadium that is with his name. And um, he's definitely iconic. And I'll, I relate to his story because it's a story of overcoming adversity, overcoming... You know, he ended up even serving this country and um, being a veteran. And um, I just really like him. Today, he's kind of combating, um, you know, leukemia, but he's in good health so far. And, um, you know, I believe that definitely he's a quite an example of respect, integrity, and this is somebody that was actually before the era of steroids in the major league baseball league. So more even more ethic to know that every record, every everything that he accomplished throughout his career in sports, um, you know, it's definitely transparent. I love it, Yovidi. Up next, we have DeVille D.I. What's going on, people? This is your boy DeVille D.I. from the Elite Circle, and I'm here to talk to you about an influential person, or my influential person, this Black History Month. So, my guy is El Haji Malik El Shabazz, also known as Malcolm X, also known as Detroit Red, also known as Malcolm little now from the moment i found out about this guy my parents well my parent and my my brother-in-law my whole family went out to see this movie when this movie premiered in theaters and i did not understand why the whole family was going to see this movie until i got there and i was just captivated about his story coming from humble beginnings being taken away from his mother and putting in compromising positions as a child his growth from being a regular street criminal being imprisoned to a minister of the nation of islam and one of the more influential people in my life today and the reason why it was so influential to me was you know this was the first time that i got an outside look of something that i was taught in 
school in the history books when they spoke about um Malcolm X, they they it probably covered a paragraph. There probably was a paragraph. I don't even think there was a whole page on Malcolm. And then they just moved on. And when I saw the movie, it just opened my eyes to realize there was so much more to this man. And then I read the autobiography. And then I read it again. And then I read it again. And every time I read it, I took something different. The reason why he was one of my more favorite activists, he had a he had said this one time in the movie and in his speeches i got a whole dvd full of his speeches he said that if a man sicks a dog on you then you kill that dog and that touched me because so many of our quote unquote leaders are out here preaching you know uh, uh praying and holding up signs and marching and we've been doing that since brother Malcolm was alive and we see how far that has got us to this day it's on you know it wasn't until you know, a Martin came along and started digging into their pockets and so on and so forth. Busboy caught that called a little traction. But the only other thing that a lot of people understand is boot to the ass. And Malcolm was a brother who was not afraid to put a boot to an ass. And, you know, he said that there nowhere in his book did it teach turn the other cheek. And that struck me in a way. Not to promote violence, but he was promoting self-defense. You see, because people were out here getting dogs sicked on them. They were getting sprayed with water hoses. They was getting beat with nightsticks and thrown in jail. And the only uh, a reaction to it was, hey, let's pray about it. Let's do a protest. But Malcolm said, no, they strike you, you strike back. We fight back. By any means necessary, we will get our equal and fair treatment by any means necessary. And then he grew, though. He continued to grow and once he went over overseas to Mecca and pilgrimage with other Muslims of all different origins and creed and races, and then he came back with an even higher understanding of his purpose and set to move that forward and having a, um, you know, a hate viewpoint of the world because they like to try to teach that Malcolm was a, was a hateful, aggressive man, but he was just a man who set out to protect his people. And then he came, when he came back, and he was even more open-minded. See, that was so influential to me. That's why he was so influential to me. Because he was a man who never stopped growing. He never stopped evolving and progressing until his death. And that's why El Haji Malik El Shabazz, a.k.a. Malcolm X, a.k.a. Detroit Red, a.k.a. Malcolm Little, is my influential person this February 2019 Black History Month. I'm out of here, man. Peace. Up next, we have KMC. We are honoring someone from Black history, and I'm choosing Michael Jordan, number 23. When you say the number 23, who, who do you think of? I think of Michael Jordan. Yes, LeBron James, he also wears number 23, likely to honor MJ, Michael Jordan. But for me, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time to play basketball. LeBron James, he's getting there. But Michael Jordan, for me anyways, is very special. I was a huge Michael Jordan fan growing up. And the story that most uh, relate to with Michael Jordan is way back when he was in grade 9. He tried out for his high school basketball team and he got cut. He didn't make it. And then that whole time after he got cut, he practiced day in, day out, working on his shooting, working on his defense. And he came back the next year and he made the team and likely was a starter. Then he went on to be recruited by North Carolina, Dean Smith. And he joined the North Carolina Tar Heels 
and went on to win NCAA championships with North Carolina. He was then drafted by the Chicago Bulls. He wasn't drafted first overall. That is a crazy thing. So there's another thing. He, he wasn't the best, the number one pick that year. Hakeem Olajuwon was. Because back then, shooting guards were not highly regarded in the NBA. The big man, the seven-footer, that was the key to success. But Michael Jordan, he changed the game. He was just unbelievable in the clutch. The thing I will remember about him the most is how he had ice in his veins, it seemed. Anytime the Bulls were in a close game, everybody knew. Everybody on the other team, the coach, the players, the, the people in the stands, people watching on television, the commentators, everybody knew that Michael Jordan was going to get the ball with five seconds left on the clock, game tied. But still, he found a way to make the shot almost every time it seems. I'd like to see that stat. I want to see in crunch time, Michael Jordan's field goal percentage, it's got to be 75, 80% because time and time again, Michael Jordan hit that game-winning shot, that buzzer beater. He was just Captain Clutch, Mr. Clutch. It's something that Kobe and LeBron, they just don't have that resume that, that Michael Jordan has. Yes, Kobe has a lot of championships, so does LeBron, but Michael Jordan, just unbelievable in the clutch and leading his team to victory many, many times. Six NBA championships, six NBA Finals MVP, five-time NBA Most Valuable Player, 14-time NBA All-Star, three NBA All-Star Game MVPs, 10 All-NBA First Teams, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Just when I think of black excellence, Michael Jordan is it. Yes, his humanitarian efforts, we don't really know about, and he's criticized for possibly not caring about the black community and and that is a detriment thing but we don't really know do we really know maybe he's keeping it quiet maybe he just doesn't want to publicize what he's doing we don't we don't really know so i give him the benefit of the doubt and just his presence and the way he handles himself it, it is good enough for me he is one of the great black athletes of all time. That's a huge list. That is, it's impossible to quantify that list of greatest black athletes. But Michael Jordan, he's definitely in the top five, maybe in the top three. That's a whole nother subject for another time. But to conclude, Michael Jordan, he is the greatest of all time. And growing up, he meant the world to me. I, I was a big Michael Jordan fan and followed everything he did watched all his videos, and um, I actually got to see him play in Toronto, but he was with the Washington Wizards back in the early 2000s, and I uh, saw him play a little bit, got a great ovation from the crowd when he stepped onto the court, and it, it was one of the things I'll never forget in my life. Even though it was with the Wizards, it doesn't matter. I still enjoyed watching him play live. Now he's the owner of the Charlotte Hornets, the only black owner in professional sports. Of the big three, Major League Baseball, NBA, and NFL, Michael Jordan is the only black owner out of those, I believe it's 90-some-odd uh, teams, only one. And he's the principal owner, the majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets. So that he does de deserve some applause for that. And uh, he's doing a great job. Yes, the, the Hornets aren't a, a, a fabulous uh, franchise, but he's, he's doing his best. 
And I think once they get the right players in place, they'll be near the top of the NBA. It's just a matter of time. So that's it for me. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you on Elite Circle. Amazing KMC. Okay, young kings and queens, we are about to take a quick five-minute break. Five minutes, all right? And then we will continue listening to the amazing stories of our Black American ancestry heroes. Thank you. Five minutes. I got something in my bones Make me want to shout hallelujah And I want to sing Sing Let us march on. 
Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for rejoining us. We hope to continue to connect with your minds and revive with your souls. Up next, we have Cybershots. Yo, what's up, Black History? What's happening, Black History? What's happening? What's going on? Hey, that time of the year, right? The shortest time of the year, right? No, we got to change that mindset. From this day forward, every day is Black History. That's how you should feel. I mean, who is it to say that black history is only 28 days? Nah, nah, that ain't working. Black history is 365 days from this moment on. Yeah, I dub that. I declare that right now. But I want to start with our history. There's so many people to choose from. You know what I'm saying? But I had to narrow it down to one person, the hero, or should I say Shiro, you know, a person that was like every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember, you have within you the strength, the passion, the patience to reach for the stars and change the world. That was Harriet Tubman, ladies and gentlemen. And you all know about Harriet Tubman, the type of person that she was. She risked her freedom to come back to free people, to come back again and again and again and again to free people. So what my challenge to you is to free your mind. That black history is not just 28 days in February. It's 365 days a year. So go ahead and put that in your mindset. You know what I'm saying? And Harriet Tubman was the type of person that if she came to get you, you're going. She had a little pistol that she carried. And if you punked out, is the only way I can say it, she bust a cap in your ass, basically, is what I'm saying. But she threatened to do that, knowing that she would not do that due to the simple fact if she would have fired that gun, everybody out there would have been alerted and everyone on that mission would have died. And with her tactics for freeing slaves, she also did a raid on three plantations. That's right, three of them at the same time. She raided three plantations, burned down all the crops and everything that the people were, you know, like the cotton and all that. Everything of value, she burned it. They burned it to the ground and escaped with all those people. So... I want us to burn down the crops of thinking that black history is just 28 days. I want us to burn down everything that's negative and come together. You know what I'm saying? As a community and as a collective, be proud of what you are. Be proud of yourself. You see what I'm saying? Black history is not 28 days in February. You know what I'm saying? Black history is 365 days as of this moment forward. And I'm not going to make this too long, but I want to leave you with a quote. I had reasoned this out of my mind. There was one of two things I had to write to liberty or death. If I could not have one, I would have the other. Wow, that's deep. So we're going to take this to the next level and say that black history is not 28 days in February, but 365 days a year. With that being said, peace, love, and light. We be Illy. Way to go, Cyber Shots. Up next, we have Gloria. I've been thinking about Black history lately and thinking about the people who have influenced me and affected my life. I have a few moments in history of my history that affected me. The first one was growing up in a country where 
I asked my teacher, I think I was in grade four or five, I asked him, why don't these people look like me? Where are the people who look like me? Where is black history in this Canadian history book? Because I know the Underground Railroad was connected to Canada. Yet, we weren't taught about it. Barely. There was a few sentences about it, and that was it. And I went home and told my mom. This man said, I need to go to the library to learn about black history because whatever is in the textbook, that's all we can teach. My mom was disappointed. My mom don't like to start no trouble. So she said, just leave it alone. Then when I went to Howard, 2012, I realized how important this was. It was not just another degree. I was learning on campus where Martin Luther King walked, Frederick Douglass was. I was in shock. I was in shock when I got there. And when I reached there, I went straight to the library so I could get my, my student ID. And I touched the top of Martin Luther King's statue in the library. Tears started to flow because I realized this school is one of the most important schools in black history. Frederick Douglass building was named after him. Martin Luther King walked these, these roads, the same campus, the same streets I was walking. Tears came out because I was like, wow. I felt like his spirit was in that statue. I felt like his spirit was on campus, and it was an amazing feeling to know, wow, I can really be what I want to be. But in Canada, they don't really encourage blacks to do anything, and that's the honest truth. Some people can say what they want to say, but I had to leave the country to know that I could be more than just what I was, you know? And last but not least, when I met Cornell West and Al Sharpton at my school, that was the most incredible, life-changing experience I've ever had, especially seeing a black male, two black males, successful, still striving to fight for freedom, still fighting for the youth and the young people in this world. Nobody fights for the young people. Have we forgotten about them? that they're going to be ruling the world in a matter of years. When I heard Cornell West speak, I nearly lost my mind. I'm like, I'm 20 feet away from Cornell West. And he spoke about justice and rights and what we need to do as young adults in this world. I got to speak to him, I took a picture with him, I spoke to him and said, these sociology classes that I've taken, you brought to life through your speech. Thank you for coming to Howard University. It was incredible. I was like, hyped for days, and I'm still hyped about it. I look at that picture and recognize I met Cornell West, the words that he speaks, the books that he writes, the speeches that he makes, the, the, the causes that he helps to fight for is amazing. And Al Sharpton, wow, I got to see him speak too. He was around when Martin Luther King was around, and so was Cornell West. I felt like it was 
black history all over again. And when you grow up in a country where black history is not important, and you go to a country where it is, and to a school where they teach you that you can be whatever you want to be, regardless of what disability you have, what living situation you have, or how you feel about yourself, they push you. And that's what Cornel West, Martin Luther King Jr., and Al Sharpton did for me. That's exactly why I can't pick one. You can't compare them. For me, it's a group of people that affected me. And I hope if you are listening out there that you take the time to research your history as far back as you can go because you will learn things about yourself that you never knew and things about your family, immediate family, distant family. It's an incredible feeling and it will change your life because it changed mine. That's right, Gloria. Up next, we have Mr. No Show. Yo, 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 what's going on, class? How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? Yeah, y'all know what it is. It's Mr. No Show with the Soul Flow, ready to give y'all a perspective that y'all ain't know so. So here it goes. I'm about to break this skillet on top of the frying pan for you, and I'm going to cook it right. I'm going to saute these onions so you smell the fresh flavor coming from this thought. And let's be real. Can there only be one? I know there was a movie like with Jet Li and he was the one. But let's look at the story of Jet Li in the general. It took him to go to different universes to kill himself to become the one. Tell me that's not crazy. He had to go find himself in order to become the one. Now with that being said, history has labeled it as Who's a hero? Well, there's not just ever one hero. There's always a magnitude, a multitude of heroes. It can range from all the way down to Robert Smalls, up towards Jackie Robinson, nowadays Colin Kaepernick. Back then it was Muhammad Ali. But we have to really look around and say that it took all of them to speak up and use their voice, use their platform, use their stance, and use their courage to fight off what people had hard times fighting for especially being a brown-skinned individual in America where you look frowned upon, it was more or less the value of where you stood in your position, right? But let me say this. My parents, my mother and father, they are another form of hero to me, and I hope to be that hero for my kids. I hope my wife is that hero for my kids because this is the reason why every generation needs to progress. If you look at some of the the greatest bankers in the world, they stick to their own circle. They grow their own circle. They build off of their own circle and they stay the top tier. We never had that privilege. And when we found out and we grew and understood what privilege was, we enjoyed it. That's why we have the funkiness we have today that's spreading across the world. People love this funkiness. They're so into it that they don't even know they're doing it, but they still hate us for doing it. Now, this is a conundrum. My mother and my father, they worked for the man. They worked for the companies that came to be those top tier companies, you know. Then when it came to their breaking point, my father even served in the military for 20 years. And when it came to his breaking point, he ended up getting his own business and flourishing for himself, created his own schedule, created his own business plan and built from the ground up. And then now he's sitting luxurious like my mother was the same person. She sought out after she got fired from American Express. 
or they had to do cutbacks because they didn't want to pay too many people, especially when you get older in age. So they let her go. They gave her a compensation package, and she didn't sit there and just dwell on it. She built her own business. These two individuals who raised me to see things for what they are, not what they could be, inspired me in taking the chance to do the best things that I can. Now, I could be sitting back chilling, thinking of the small things if I really wanted to, but let's be honest, thinking never got anything done. It was the actions that made the things plausible. So for that, I want you all to understand, when you walk outside your door today, blessed with the chance to do it tomorrow, blessed with the grace to do it for the year, the month, or any time that you still have on this planet, I ask that you accept that you, my brown friend, are the new hero. Love, peace, and harmony. Okay, everyone, that was amazing. All of your presentations were delivered flawlessly. I'm so happy for all of you because you was able to deliver some information, share some wisdom, enlighten some people, feed some souls today, some things that they didn't know about. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for your contributions and for your time. Thank you. I appreciate you all. And I want to add a little bit of information for you by letting you know how Black History began. Black History Month began in 1926. Did you know that? That's right. In 1926 is when the historian by the name of Mr. Carter G. Woodson created Black History Month. However, back then it wasn't called Black History Month. It was called Negro History Week. It only lasted a week. But because Mr. Woodson was a historian and was completely passionate about all history, especially our history, he wanted to make sure that we were never forgotten about. One of his quotes is, If a race has no history, it has no worthwhile traditions, and it stands in danger of becoming exterminated. Mr. Woodson believed that Negro History Week would be a vehicle for racial transformation forever. It went on in the years to become African American History Month, and then it went on to be, in 1976, known today as Black History Month. So, in conclusion, we will not be eliminated or exterminated. Because in the words of Mr. Woodson, we as a people are a necessary, integral piece of American history. We're not going anywhere. Our history is what it is, and it's not going anywhere. So thank you for joining us here at Elise Circle. We wish you strength, knowledge, liberation, and love. Thank you.
was rich. Lost friends, lost hope. Stressed, so I filled up my lungs with smoke. Took my energy away from hoes. Lost power, like my name was Ghost. Day ones really hurt you the most, and ain't no room for the fake love. And my circle always helped me stay strong. This world doesn't have any sympathy. I learned to harness my abilities, cause I believe everyone's special. And when you die, that's when they wanna respect you. I just pray to be successful. I'm trying to build on my credentials. Move through life like chess moves. Know it's checkmate when the rents do. I never had no one to vent to, so I picked up a paper and pencil. Still can't believe that I lost my mother. I wrote my way out of my struggles. Found a way to cope with all that I suffered. Now losing is not a discussion. I just wanna see all my brothers shine. I can't sleep, all I know is grind. Fuck the niggas who wasn't down to ride. Forget all the women that left my side. Times change, people change too. Never let these people taint you. Motivated, stay true. Cause every day there's more room to improve. I started with nothing, a whole lot to lose. I'm trying to build an empire. Some days it's hard to get inspired. I can't get no sleep. I'm crying out on my knees. I'm searching for a change. I can't run away from this pain. The devil never takes a day off. That's why I pray every night for strength to stay strong. So, I can't get no sleep I'm crying out on my knees I'm searching for a change I can't run away from this day Stay focused, stay blessed But if you don't answer, I pray less Predators turn apex Read the journal, say amen Racists wanna murder me I see you after surgery White shirt turned burgundy Took the church killer to Burger King Instead of burglaries in the first degree I work to feed my girl a seed I hope we free but learn to see that words are cheap It occurred to me that currency is the current thing That purposely and perfectly make a person become dirt to me Just the energy, lost courtesy Turn America into Germany Absurdities on TV You can see me watching nervously like It's an emergency President commit perjury He knew the truth internally But he was thinking it's her or me See a disturbing piece, it amazes me, no urgency Throw away the key if I burn a leaf Kids came to see me anniversaries Prison with a nursery Visits with security Visions of universities And now I'm home and see the workers sleep So I can't get no sleep I'm crying out on my knees I'm searching for a change I can't run away from this pain The devil never takes a day off that's why I pray every night for strength to stay strong We never know when it's our time to go I'ma go and get it till I rest my soul I can't get no sleep I'm crying out on my knees I'm searching for a change I can't run away from this pain
Sat. 